Welcome back to another episode of the CrossFit Buff podcast. As always, I'm Jason. Uh, this week, joined by our special guest, Ollie Grinsell. Hi, Ollie. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm very happy to have you on. Now, Ollie, I know you're a very experienced athlete, so you know the importance of warming up before any strenuous activity, such as a podcast. So it's <laughs> only right that we have a few warm-up questions for you just to just to get the, the podcasting muscles nice and flexed. Uh, and flex yeah first one is a, a staple of the podcast peanut butter crunchy or smooth oh now i discovered a couple of years ago you can actually make your own peanut butter just by using peanuts put them in a blender so it's sort of a, a fine balance that i make between the crunchy and the smooth so um neither one neither crunchy nor smooth so halfway yeah, so your your own brew basically. That's yeah, the, yeah. Home the answer. Peanut butter. It's I'll be honest with you. The first time we've had that answer, so wow. uh, I'm I'm impressed already, <laughs> and worried for the answer to the next question, which is chocolate cake or ice cream. Both. I had a feeling. I just I had <laughs> a feeling that. Yeah, yeah. Why why not put those together? They're perfect accompaniments. They are. They are perfect because you know you're watching your figure and you you. Oh, that's it. Yeah, they're you know watching the macros. Exactly. You can travel one hundred years in time, okay, and you'll stay there for one year. Do you go a hundred years in the past or a hundred years in the future? Oh, that's that's a tricky one. Yeah, because you can't say both. <laughs> no, we, yeah, I'll go fifty years either way. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in the past is in the past. Um, what's happened has happened. You know, you can't change it. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna go future. See what happens. See, the problem here is if you're a big believer in the past is in the past, you can't change it, and you go and do one year in the future and then you know go back your present is now the past it's a tricky question you know you've got to choose one haven't you okay so future it is locked in yeah final question and and this i ask all our first time guests who would you pick to play you in a movie oh now i know this is obviously a podcast you can't see me but People have often said that I look like Superman. Now, I always question, is it is it Superman or is it Clark Kent? Or, you know, is it is it Christopher Reeve? Which one? And they can never give me an answer. They just say Superman. So I'm going to go for Christopher Reeve. Yeah, OK. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had a, a a fairly large selection of, of actors to choose from. So I'm... Uh, yeah. Christopher Reeve's going classic. That's it. Original is the best. I think we can get that done. No problem. <laughs> it might be a bit tricky. You know, he's not with us anymore, but there we I'll go. I'll tell you, you are not the first person to pick an actor who is no longer with us. So, I mean, if, you know, we've got the technology to send you 100 years in the future. I'm pretty sure yeah. we can bring back the dead. What's the problem? Exactly. So, Ollie, I hope you're sufficiently warmed up because yeah, uh, I'm really right. looking forward to speaking to you today. Now, I, I don't actually know. This is the first time we've we've had a chance to speak to each other. So yeah. I, I don't know anything about you. A very brief look at your Instagram reveals two things immediately. Sorry, three things. Lover of coffee. That, we'll, we'll add that. But two things 
immediately. One, just by kind of looking at you, there's something I was able to pick up on. Uh, and the second thing is that you are clearly an absolute madman because could yeah. you just tell us what your plan was during lockdown 2.0? Yeah, so I was um, sitting in bed in the morning of the, I think it was the 3rd of November, uh, just after Boris's announcement. I was like, right, I've got a month. What can I do? I need to do something. And, and it was always going to be something fitness related. Um, it was either going to be a sort of outside cycle, but then I looked out the window, it's November, it's raining. Um, so I decided on um, 30 days that, you know, lockdown 2.0. So 30 days to complete 10,000 calories on an air bike, which um, for those of you that don't know anything about an air bike is... It's quite hard. I did the maths. It works out as 333.333 recurring a day, um, which is about half an hour, 40 minutes, but you know, quite a, quite a high RPM. So giving it some on the air bike. Um, I've just done day 16 and just over halfway, but it's not fun. It's... <laughs> air bikes are never fun at the best of times but spending over half an hour a day on one every day it's yeah it's, it's, it's not the most enjoyable activity but um i've raised some money for charity so that's always good and i'm still going and that was the whole point it was to challenge myself to see if i could do it i've done halfway there's only another you know five thousand calories to do it's no problem. It's basically downhill from here, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Just freewheel. I mean, the, the reason it's amazing is I feel like a lot of us have have kind of consoled ourselves with the you know the gyms being closed and not being able to get into the the local box. The the kind of one silver lining is the bikes are all locked away, so we're not <laughs> forced to do any calories on an air bike. And you've kind of taken that concept and just flipped it on his head and been like well look i'm locked at home with an air bike yeah let's get this done now you've you've mentioned that you've raised a lot of money for charity what charity is it uh, and also i just want to make it because obviously this will go out right near the end i think we'll still technically be in the lockdown when this is released but yeah. i think your uh your link will still be active i assume if people want to so it was sort of yeah th like i say third of december sorry december no that's when it finishes <laughs> i'm looking forward to that already no it was the third of november i decided on this challenge and uh and i wanted to set up a link and raise some money for charity um and it was the day before uh what is commonly called an ampuversary so amputees of which i am one um have every year sort of like an anniversary but an ampuversary so it's sort of the the annual date that you had your amputation um and it coincided with that so i wanted to raise money for great ormond street hospital where i spent a lot of time as a child uh it's a great hospital it does so much uh work for for children um so i just decided that i wanted to give something back to them um and they 
they saw my challenge on Instagram. They phoned me up and said, look, can we send you anything to help you? I was like, yeah, some, some lungs and some muscles would be great. <laughs> but they sent me a banner um, and just sort of promoted me on their, on their Instagram as well. So I think raised over a couple of hundred pounds so far, but yeah, the link is still active. Uh, if you search for me on Instagram, gonna do the, the link in the bio which I used to really hate because everyone does it. But yeah, I'm not popular enough to have a swipe up link. So it's the only way I can do it. Yeah, the, the swipe up is the dream. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only got about another 9,000 uh, followers before I get there. Uh, you're closer than me then. But uh, <laughs> we will link everything in the description of the podcast as well. So I think this will be coming out just at the very end, though. It will still, you know, I think it's actually probably coming out on your like final day of final the challenge. Day. So everybody, good. if you're listening to this as it comes out, get on there and, and show your support. So you've you've mentioned there, because we hadn't hinted at this yet, but surely anybody who opens the episode will have seen it in the description. But uh, so you've mentioned that you're an amputee, so you're an, a, an adaptive athlete, which also makes i mean to be honest i don't think i could do these calories on a bike uh, with both legs you can it's not that hard i've got i've got a a friend who who's in a wheelchair he said why don't you know if your leg gets tired just do arms i was like no are you are you mad but then that's what he has to do because he can't use his legs um arms only on an air bike is tough i've tried it it's it's a it's a lot harder than you think. I, I don't think it's harder than I think. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I think it is sufficiently terrible. So uh, yeah. don't don't worry about that. So so I suppose we should get get into this a little bit then. So yeah, um, you, you know you were mentioning that it was your kind of anniversary or uh, ampiversary, yeah. as you said. So uh, I, I guess the obvious question is if we you know <laughs> as tactfully as we can, kind of, could you just talk us through through the story? What you know what happened and. Uh, uh, and exactly again this is an audio <laughs> format so <laughs> yeah. people can't see you so maybe you could just share us exactly when we say you know adaptive athlete it covers a huge variety of people uh, perhaps you could just talk about where you know how, how that affects you but also how this all started in the first place yeah so I was born with both feet um, but without fibulas um, which is the bone in the, the back of your leg um, which I'm sure most people know, but just to clear that up. And so I sort of went through life, um, learned to walk with specially adapted shoes. Um, and then the decision was made uh, 22 months to amputate uh, below the knee through my ankles. Um, and it was quite a groundbreaking amputation because, because I had feet they wrapped the sole of what was my foot around the end of the bone um, to provide a bit of cushioning, which would help with fitting prosthetic limbs. Um, so yeah, got, got my feet chopped off at 22 months old after just learning to walk. <laughs> but, um, my mum tells me six weeks later, I was up on prosthetics and kicking a football. So it really didn't, didn't affect me that much in terms of mobility or any sort of that any sort of issues surrounding getting around or being in a wheelchair um i just got on with it you know i was a, I was a little kid and i did what little kids do but i had two prosthetic legs and i always always talk about my legs because 
for me, that's the biggest part of my air quote disability. Um, I've also got missing fingers on both hands as well. Um, so that sort of, I would say in the CrossFit world, that is more of a disability than, than my legs. Um, just with regards to grip and pull-ups and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, spent, spent the rest of my childhood life doing everything that everyone else was doing. So I can't really say that it's, that it's hindered me in any way. Probably the biggest thing that did hinder me was <laughs> talking of air bikes. Um, I was at Castle Games Comp, uh, second wad of the day, and it was a uh, swim wad. So it was laps of the, well, it was thousand meter on the bike and then four laps of the pool. I got on the bike, pedals were wet, so my foot slipped off. <laughs> I dis dislocated my knee and my elbow and then spent eight hours in Sunderland uh, A&E. So that was fun. And then another couple of weeks in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk. So that's the sort of um, biggest hindrance that I've had. Um, and that was, that was CrossFit's fault, I blame. But, you know, nothing to do with the, uh, the prosthetic lim limbs or missing fingers, just this CrossFit. You know. yeah, it's just the programming, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just bad, bad programming, let's who, be honest. Who, who puts an air bike on the side of a swimming pool? I mean, come on. Who, who puts an air bike in a workout? I mean, that's... The... <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's true. It is interesting, though, because I imagine, you know, from, let's say, from my side of the of the conversation or, or looking at things, I have no idea what's, you know, what's going to be more difficult or, or you know, I, I quite literally can't put myself in your shoes. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking like the, the foot slipping. Obviously, I, I would imagine there's less... I mean, I'm saying imagine because I, I'm pretty sure, but I'm going to say it, and then you're yeah, going to yeah, no, say, say you're going to. But I, you know, obviously, with you know, with my foot, I have a tremendous amount of dexterity to yeah. be able to. I don't want to say grip a pedal, but you, you know what I mean. If my foot's yeah, slipping, yeah. I can kind of you know clench my foot a little bit, you know, twist the toes down and get that little bit of extra grip. Yeah, that that you don't have that that control, but it's kind of I'd never if I was, you know, looking at an adaptive athlete, I'm probably not making all of those like calculations in my mind of well what I don't want to say what advantage, but what's the difference then for them performing this movement and for me? And I'm probably gonna point out a few like what I would consider obvious things that actually might not be issues at all. And you might say, no, oh, that's that's actually no problem for me at all. It's it's this thing. The the biggest thing we're sort of competition organizers is is like yourself they they sort of have a i don't know if it's a fear but they sort of have a worry of what are their limitations if i program this can they do it uh, and what we've done as a sort of a, as a group we rock up with you know in our wheelchairs and prosthetic limbs and stuff and so we, we gather around in the circle with the the programmer and look at the wads and then we decide between us what we're going to do. And um, we're quite a small community, the adaptive community. So we all know each other. Um, we all take the mick out of each other. So we've got that sort of close bond where if I, if I say something, oh, I'm going to do that, someone else will go, no, you're not. You're going to do this because they know that I can. And um, so it's quite, it's quite a good 
little group to have and and the organizers are fine they just they want to include us but they sort of have a a worry that oh if we program this will everyone be able to do it and we haven't gone to a comp yet where there's an event we can't do so we've always managed to sort of find a way around it i think it was uh, the battle of britain one year there was uh, a skipping wad I forgot my skipping rope, so I had to buy one from SGF. That was fine. Um, Gary, who is a one-armed athlete, forgot his mono rope. Now, most comps don't, you know, it's quite a specialist piece of equipment. So when the skipping wad came up, he was like, oh, what am I going to do? So we put him on a ski erg, um, which, you know, it's more difficult for him being a one-armed athlete, but he forgot his skipping rope, so he's got to be punished. Yeah, I, I like that one. So we could give him this alternative. A little bit too easy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't feel there's the punishment factor in there. So let's do this one that will just really... Uh, but he never forgot it again, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, he's taken it all over the world and uh, forgot to bring it to Birmingham. I, I suppose the, the challenge for, you know, and I guess because obviously we've heard kind of the whispers in the wind now that, that the games want to be more inclusive and they you know they're looking at how to incorporate uh events for adaptive athletes as well which is yeah. I, I mean i imagine when you hear something like that that's kind of super positive for that small community that you were talking about oh definitely yeah yeah i mean after that announcement the the new crossfit ceo i forget his name now um, eric, eric rosa eric, yeah so he he is meant to be very adaptive friendly wants to get everyone involved um but you know even he said there's a lot to to think about and a lot of people to talk to and how best can we involve these people um in the past there's a an american company called wheelwad who ad always adapts the open workouts for adaptive athletes and you have your own categories and you can enter um but you know being in america they always do it the day after so when we have our friday night lights there's all the adaptives going oh i really want to join in but ours isn't released until tomorrow so it might be different i don't want to do two open workouts back to back um so yeah it was it was quite an exciting thing to hear that he wants to get get an adaptive category in the open which which will be amazing because I imagine the challenge is when you when you compare it to like the other categories we have. So you've got like the teens and the different age groups. That's a lot easier, right? Because all you need to do is yeah. perhaps reduce the weight of, you know, of, of the dumbbell or the barbell uh, and maybe a movement standard that you think, well, that's going to be quite difficult for the 70 plus community. So they're going to do this one instead. But it's pretty standard across the board, right? You make that adjustment and it's, it is very much one size fits all for yeah. those categories. But with adaptive athletes, that's a, a kind of a, a title that covers, you know, having to adapt for a huge number of different reasons and in different ways. So that kind of, well, we could adapt this movement like this. That might be great for you. Yeah. And and for somebody else, it, it means nothing. Like, well, it, it's still a, a movement that, it is i don't want to say impossible but i hope that makes sense what i mean so i guess it's it's not as easy <laughs> a, a fix as maybe someone might imagine like oh oh they want to do that great That's there's good. probably a lot more 
involved in organizing that than there is in any of the other categories or groups they've tried to include uh, yeah in, i mean in the, the, past. The, the closest comparison you can make is if you watch the paralympics um i used to swim for england as well when i was younger um and i was in a disability swimming squad and we had categories within within swimming um and you could be in different categories for different swimming strokes um and i remember one race i was lined up on the blocks and i looked across and i was like how can all these people be in the same category because you know there's me with missing fingers and no legs there's another guy with all his limbs but has cerebral palsy and it's so hard to group sort of everyone in the same pool it's um it's very difficult and i assume that's it's going to be the same with crossfit because you get you know lower limb impairments you get upper limb impairments and um, you have to choose a category to go in so for someone like myself i would always go lower limb because i feel that's where my disability is but then equally i've got missing fingers so do i go upper limb impaired it's, it's a tricky tricky ballpark really um so that i think that's why eric is is keen to sort of explore everyone and talk to everyone that wants to be involved and and see what's going to work best to get everyone involved um and it's never going to be fair you know i go back to the swimming and i was on the blocks and i was stood next to a, a double gold medal swimmer and then next to him there was a silver medal swimmer from the olympics that just happened and i was i stood there going well what's the point you know i'm gonna try my hardest but when when i've got people like that then um kind of am i in the right category should i be in a different category but you know it's, it's horses for courses and um and i think you're never gonna find a completely equal way of getting everyone involved like i'm a double amputee so is my friend murray but our even our amputations are different we're both below knee but the way you know he lost his legs in afghan um so his amputation was very much more traumatic than mine um and obviously different technologies and he's got different prosthetics to me um so even though we're both double leg amputees he's got you know he's got all of his arms all of his fingers so people look at us and go oh they're the same and and we're not we're, we're pretty close he's better than me but <laughs> but yeah it's sort of it's very hard to group people into one category but again there's, there's not many of us at the moment, I think there's about 20 adaptive athletes in the UK. Um, few, a few, got a couple in Scotland, a couple in Northern Ireland. Um, I think the most we had at a competition was 12 of us, and that was amazing. And the sort of the traction that it brought to the adaptive community was was brilliant, um, and they got more people involved just by sort of other people videoing us and putting it on their social media and saying wow look at these guys and then other people see it and um so it is 
is a small group, but we're hoping to to gain some more members. So this is where I'm thinking, like, again, this is just my reasoning, and yeah. shoot me down if I'm if I'm way off. But what one thing I think is that from from the way you speak about it, uh, and you know the experiences you've had, not just in CrossFit but throughout your life when you've been involved in sport, you you, you get that it's never going to be that perfectly balanced, you know, across the board situation, right? Yeah. So I I would imagine that the community are quite happy just to be kind of included and and thought of. And it's like, okay, we know it's not going to be perfect, but it's good that we're there. Like, it's good that we're being represented, even if it's not, you know, the yeah. ideal situation. If I that mean, makes sense. Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a, in a uh, let's say, an able-bodied world. I went to uh, mainstream school. All my friends were um, normal if you like and so I just got lumped in with them so my disability was never an issue throughout my life and all the adaptive athletes I've met are you know so tenacious and won't give up and put a crossfit wad in front of them and they'll do it and you know it might it may take them longer but they'll get it done uh, they'll find find a way to do it, and I think that's the that's the mindset of most amputees, uh, disabled people that I've met. Is you know we don't give up. We keep we find a way to get it done, um, and we made ourselves heard. Yeah, and and I think the the other kind of positive then of this, you know, as you said, like there's not many of you at the moment in the UK, for example, but as we saw this year with the games. Like and it being on mainstream media and there being a a bigger spotlight and them even being selective in the choice of ads they kind of aired sort of for CrossFit during that thing just to try and attract more people in. Yeah, you can imagine that it's going to be a similar thing, right? Once uh, you know, you're saying people are are reposting kind of your what you've done on Instagram and and that gets some traction and maybe one or two new ones kind of find CrossFit. But you can imagine the games account reposting this wad from the games that was or from the open that was you know all these incredible yeah. adaptive athletes and there are going to be people that potentially have never heard of crossfit but come across it because of this and yeah. think hey look they're do- if they're doing it you know i i can do it i see that they you know they're willing to adapt to help so i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm ready to to give it a go and I had a thought, you know, I've been I've been mulling this over in my mind before we spoke. Um, you know, how can I say things that won't make me sound stupid, make me look a little bit intelligent? So this is a little thought I had. Be, and it's interesting because I didn't know about your background, but, you know, you saying that you were like running around kicking a ball almost immediately afterwards. So it was kind of it, it hasn't been that massive impairment for you. You were like, I, you know, life as a kid, life was as all the other kids you know you, uh, to be honest you could probably kick a ball better than me <laughs> so <laughs> so well done um but I, I was thinking for you know again you you've mentioned sort of some people perhaps lose a limb in a in a more traumatic way maybe uh, you know i guess when you're a kid it's a lot easier to adapt and learn things as well so perhaps you know if this happens later in life it's going to be maybe more challenging to kind of pick yourself back up and and get going again one of the things I was thinking with regards to CrossFit being an in, so you, you know, if if I haven't had a history in sport or I'm not, you know, the guy that wants to come in, I, I guess it's the fact that most sports, in general, 
there's not so much scaling, right? Like this is the way this sport yeah. functions. Yeah. And, and and we can't scale it because this is like, there's only one way to do it. Kind of, this is yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Whereas with CrossFit, if you go into a box, even among the able-bodied athletes, they're all scaling it because no one's do, like no one's doing the same thing because yeah. it's oh I can't do that and it's got nothing to do with you know my body composition it's because I'm I'm not strong enough to do this or I'm not yeah. fit enough to you know to to do that movement so I scale it in this way and I could imagine going into that environment if everybody's scaling things and and adapting things anyway to fit an old injury or some other kind of problem they have is that a more comfortable environment to to train in i don't know um does yeah, that make any sense i suppose yeah, yeah no, I, I get what you're saying and um i think for most people walking into a crossfit box is scary because they've googled it like everyone does they see matt fraser they see the sigmund daughters doing all these crazy things like butterfly pull-ups and you know putting 150 kilos above your head and they just go, nope, nope, can't do that. It's not for me. Um, so I think everyone walks into a CrossFit box a little bit scared because of what they've been presented with on YouTube. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's all it's all scalable. Yeah, it took me over a year to do double unders. But until then, I did singles. Um, and <laughs> same, same stimulus, just a different, a different way of doing it um so yeah i think we've got um another single leg amputee who joined our box um and she had to find different ways she uses a wheelchair but for some of her movements she stands on one leg and then other movements she does from her chair so it's just the you know finding out what works best for for your capabilities um and, you know, if you've got good coaches or even other members have said to me, oh, why don't you try this? I know like, that won't work. But then other times I have tried it and it has worked and I've kind of had to <laughs> swallow my pride and go, yeah, OK, that was a good, good bit of advice. Um, I was just, you know, upset. I didn't think of it. And, and you did. But, yeah, it's all it's all um, it's all scalable. It's all achievable. I suppose it depends on on your goal as to why you've walked into the box in the first place, but it's, it's all achievable. You know, all the movements can be scaled. Um, you can, you know, if you can't do a pull up now, then scale it, use a band, use rings. You, you will get there. It's, it's progression. And that's what I love about CrossFit is the progression. You can start right at the bottom of, uh, you know, box step ups, um and then box jumps you know moving the box higher it's it's all just progression and, and it's measurable as well and those sort of small little steps especially for adaptive athletes are amazing um i've got a, another friend louise who recently did a, a squat clean of 52 kilos which which doesn't sound much but with one arm it's quite a lot <laughs> That's been a, been her target for ages, and obviously with lockdown, she spent loads of time in her garage just doing more. and And she hit it the other day, and and she put a post up, and everyone loved it. 
Um, but I think for her, getting to that goal as well was a big, big um, achievement for herself. I mean, I, I think it is incredible, like for us on the outside looking in to think, yeah, I mean, you've mentioned double unders. And I can think of the number of people I know that are constantly lamenting over the fact that they still can't get their double unders. They're just like, oh, I just yeah. can't get it. I just can't get it. I can't get it. And I mean, then they get to watch you and oh, and but, I don't know if it's inspiring or causes them to, to rage quit. It's going to be one of the two. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm no professional. I think my, my, uh, my record is 26 unbroken and, and it's been that forever. Um, you know, you also have to look at, is that movement functional for me? Not really. I mean, yes, it's, it's good. And it's, uh, it's a tick off the CrossFit list, if you like, but I'm not going to use that every day. It's, you know, how, how often does anyone skip in a day? Um, it's more about the, the coordination, the, the timing. So it's all those sort of little things, but yeah, double unders are oh, pretty useless, to be honest. We don't really need them. It's just showing off. Uh, you don't think that's important to be able to show off? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, I mean, I suppose the only other advantage you've got, you, you mentioned box jumps, uh, and you're probably one of the few people that isn't afraid to, you know, hit their shins on the oh, box. Yeah, yeah. fully protected. So so that's a, another little advantage you've got. Uh, I just wanted to shift away because obviously the sports side of things is, you know, that is really interesting. And that has had this spotlight shone on it very recently with these announcements about trying to include uh, this category in the open and things like that. But obviously we also have the CrossFit for health side of things. Um, and I just wondered if, because again, I'm I'm just guessing and I've got no point of reference for this, but I would assume, is it more important for you uh, that you are, you know, staying healthy, keeping an eye on, I don't know, on your weight, on your size, things like that, because of the the reliance on the on the prosthetic legs? Yeah, I mean, I, I always have this joke of, well, you think losing weight is hard. If I lose weight, I have to get new legs. You know, but equally, if I put on weight, they don't fit. So there is a, a certain level of I need to stay, uh, you know, a, a healthy weight so that my prosthetics fit. But equally, there's there's a correlation between amputees and early osteoporosis. So, so if you've got to look out for um, bone health and and ligaments, and you've got to know your own body. Really, I know that I can push myself to a certain limit but if i go any further then my prosthetics will start to rub and then they'll get sore and then they'll bleed and they're sort of well you know you've got to you've got to draw a line of this is good for me or i'm just injuring myself which which isn't great um and the, the mental side as well is is brilliant for me um you just once you you're in the in the box or in the gym you've got the wad you know it might be a 12 minute amrap for that 12 minutes you're just focused on that nothing nothing else is in your head um so it's great i find it great for for mental health and, and staying positive and equally i mentioned louise earlier she um she came to see us at sheffield inferno and and watch us do our thing and she's a like i said she's a 
single arm amputee. And since getting involved in CrossFit, she has admitted that she's not afraid to show off her arm anymore. She used to hide it because of she thought of, she, of what she thought other people would think. And uh, she's also done advertising campaigns with Nike um, and down at Wit as well. So CrossFit for her has been. Um, I'm speaking for her. You, may, you know, um, only I'm only relaying what she's put on her Instagram and having spoke to her but it's done amazing things for her. Um, so in that sense, CrossFit is, is brilliant as well. Um, and yeah, it just gets, gets people involved and it gets people involved in this community as well, which you don't really find in other sports. I was never really a, a team sports kid, so I didn't really experience any of that. But um, certainly as, as an adult, you, you join this cult <laughs> as as crossfit is referred to um and you you know you learn the new languages the uh, all the acronyms and and you follow all these people and it's just i think it's just a, a way of life and um, for me it certainly changed my life in in all for the better um and it just gave me a different focus i think it's it's I mean, it echoes the the same sentiments you hear kind of across the board, right? People often kind of, you know, CrossFit gave me more confidence or uh, when I was able to achieve, you know, this thing in the gym that I hadn't been able to do, it helped me to to push also in life to achieve this goal that I had that, you know, I, I thought that was kind of out of reach together with the double unders. And when I got the double unders, I realized, hey, if I can do that, maybe I can do this too. And, yeah. I, and I think it's it's pretty like universal those feelings among crossfitters but you know the example you've you've just mentioned shows that well perhaps for for some people they're going to be in situations in life where you know i mean if there's something kind of i don't like about my body maybe the right choice of clothes can conceal you know apart from the face i can't do much like <laughs> that but 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 you know what i mean i'm like oh, i feel like i'm a you know a bit heavier than i want to be you wear a big jacket problem solved almost yeah but somebody who is missing an arm that's not a simple fix. That's not. And if that's something that is, you know, constantly in your head. Yeah. That, that's, that's not a nice feeling to have to carry around with you all the time. No, I mean, I was, I was pretty, pretty similar. Um, until the age of about 30 where I met another amputee and, and his outlook on life and the way he sort of acted and behaved, it just sort of, was eye-opening for me i thought here's this guy who's you know worse off than me and he's he's living the dream he's happy he's got such a bubbly personality and he wears shorts he doesn't care what people think and i thought why can't i do that and you know spending time with him and yeah like i say i reached the age of 30 and uh, you know i am who i am i can't change it i can't grow legs back but I can change the way I think about it, how I feel about it. And, and since then I've been just so much happier in myself. Um, and obviously CrossFit gives you the, uh, the physique that people want. Um, and yeah, everyone. Well, I mean, <laughs> you say, you say that I'm, I'm still waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're all chasing that six pack Peter Andre, aren't we? Um, but yeah, it's not it's not just about aesthetics. Yes, it is 
it is nice to look good, but um, I think feeling good, looking good, it's all it's all part of the sort of CrossFit package. So they're all byproducts of, of what you're doing. And if you enjoy it, you're going to do it. You're going to do it more. Um, as long as it is enjoyable, then then it's not causing any harm. Yeah, it's, it's a, a nice a nice sentiment, isn't it? What what I think, like reflecting on the kind of conversation we've had, because to be honest, it's the first time I've had a chance to sit down and speak to uh, an, an adaptive athlete and somebody who's you know been involved in CrossFit for a while now, gone to quite a few competitions, has really got a good overview of of the situation far more than me. Uh, and I guess my takeaway from this, and hopefully anybody listening, their takeaway is that actually it's kind of already all there. Uh, you know, this this spotlight that's been kind of almost put upon it in the last couple of weeks is just actually, to me, revealing that, okay, now HQ are going to start kind of putting their hand in and doing some of this stuff. But actually, a lot of it's been there already. That You guys have got your community. You're in the boxes. You're at the competitions. You're doing everything. And you're getting all the same kind of results that, that everybody else is getting from CrossFit and you're having the same fun and, and, and getting all the kind of same positives from it. Yeah. And maybe just people hadn't, you know, unless they were at the competition and they'd seen you and they knew about it, it was just kind of going under the radar. And, and all this is doing is saying, Hey, it's here. We're here. But that's the bit, you know, uh, like I said, we, uh, my friend Murray organized this comp down in Brighton and there was four of us. Um, and Murray, myself and Gary um, tried to push the adaptive scene, social media, uh, try and get it out there. And it just wasn't happening. We get a few people sort of uh, taking the bait, if you like, and and um, contacting us and saying, oh, yeah, I like the look of this, what's involved. Um, so, yeah, for for HQ to sort of come out and say, yes, we, we know you're here. We want you involved is a big sort of big acknowledgement from them to, to us as a, as a community, as an adaptive community. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all going in the right direction, which is a good thing. I definitely think it's good for you. I, I worry for myself that it wasn't <laughs> bad enough like watching all the top tier games athletes absolutely destroying workouts that it would take me a week to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, I now also have to watch all the adaptive athletes <laughs> destroy workouts that it would take me years to accomplish as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's good and I'm happy about it for everybody else. Just, I, I'm selfishly <laughs> just feeling like, no, not not more people that are far better than me and I have no excuse for this. But hey, yeah. um, I think that's the thing, though. As as humans, we're all we're all competitive. I remember my first week in the box, um, and it was one RM deadlift, and there's all these guys doing 180, 200, 220, and I'm looking at them going, "Yeah, I'm over here with my uh, with my 100 kilos, so, you know, bursting a blood vessel trying to get it off the floor." Um, and it, it took me a while to realise I'm 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 nowhere near them. And I probably never will be, but that's all right. You know, they've they've been doing it a long time, and uh, I'm I'm happy with my my hundred kilo deadlift. You know, I'm up to one thirty five now. I think that's that's enough. 
you know, who who needs to be pulling 200 kilos off off the floor? Well, exactly. But I know people that are still chasing their 135. And so it's all, it's that constant thing is that there's always, unless you're Matt Fraser, there's always somebody <laughs> always that is going to be yeah. a bit stronger than you, a bit faster than you, you know, better at this movement. And, and that's, I guess that's again, where the nice thing of CrossFit is that you, you do a wad and six months later, you do the same one and you get that nice comparison of you yeah. to you versus you to anybody else in the gym. And, and I think that's, yeah. and I think that's great. And I think, Actually, that now that I say it out loud is probably one of the best things for, you know, when we are saying that every adaptive athlete is different, even if they look on the surface, maybe similar, a similar disability. Yeah. Well, actually, no, you don't know that there's a whole history behind behind this that makes it different. So then being able to do a direct comparison. This was me six months ago. This is me today. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be. Like that's the purest form, I suppose, of comparison that they can make. That's it. I mean, there's a there's a quote that um, always sticks with me, and it's comparison is the thief of, the thief of joy, and it kind of makes sense. You know, you, you compare yourself to let's say Matt Fraser, and you go, oh yeah, I'm I'm not that good. But like you say, compare you to you over a time frame. That's that's the only competition you need to be looking at is is yourself and if you are better than yourself yeah even two weeks ago three weeks ago then it's all progress um i think that is what people need to take away is you're not going to be matt fraser no no one is he's he's a god we yeah we know this um he's going to be winning the crossfit games forever until he dies because no one can touch him at the moment but yeah that there could be someone in the ranks coming up. You I mean, never these know. are some these are some broad statements we're making. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, for me, uh, comparing myself against myself is is the only the only healthy way I think to compete. Because for a while, like I said, I was I was trying to compare myself to the the two twenty deadlift boys, and it just it wasn't healthy for me. It's it's you know, I'm never going to do that unless someone gives me some new arms and legs and, and a whole new body. <laughs> but, you know, it's until I made that shift to, right, it's you, Ollie, you are the person you need to compete with. If you can do better than six months ago, then, then there you go. There's your, there's your uh, competition. Yeah, definitely saying that it's kind of the only healthy way is, is, a hundred percent correct isn't it because i think it's I mean, even comparing yourself to yourself you know as well that yeah i did that workout better but i was fresh i'd had a really good day great night's sleep and it was just yeah. you know everything clicked whereas when i did this workout you know the boss had yelled at me i hadn't slept the night before the, the kids were ill and like whatever you know whatever stresses life throws your way have yeah. that knock-on effect don't they so i see yeah life's tricky eh <laughs> <laughs> it gets in the way you know as i say when i um, set myself up for this uh 30 day ten thousand calorie challenge uh, i was on furlough from an old job i've now started a new job so that's getting in the way you know so i kind of have to make up the calories on my days off so it's it, i'd say it's an even harder challenge now but we're still getting it done we're still 
ticking off those numbers, um, it's just it's different tactics have come into play. Well, I, I won't keep you any longer than Ollie because I, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you from your calories. Uh, oh, I'd, okay. I'd feel terrible if it was my fault that you failed to do what I feel is one of the most insane choices of somebody's uh, time <laughs> that, that that they could do. But hey, I'm not going to stop you. I commend you for your efforts. And as I said, links in the description if anybody wants to a jump on and and see what you've been doing on your Instagram because it's um, it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and B, if they want to find the link so they can uh, donate something to uh, this uh, this organization that has helped you a lot and potentially helped a, a lot of other people that might be CrossFitters, if not now, in the future from the sounds of things. So that would be great. Yeah. So fa- thanks so much for, for coming on, Ollie. I really appreciate getting the chance to, to have a chat with you. And uh, right. hopefully hopefully people listening will have maybe a a better understanding perhaps of, of you know what's going on in the uh, in the in the adaptive field and, yeah. uh, and 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 I think it's all it all sounds super positive it sounds like things were already moving in the right direction uh, anyway and now you've just been given this like huge boost to to ex, ex what's, what's what I'm looking for to kind of expand upon that much quicker and with more resources than it would have been possible like independently so I think that's uh, can only be a good thing right yeah I mean, and what I always say is um, if anyone listening has any questions about disability or, or anything myself, I've got no problems with uh, answering any questions. Don't don't feel scared to ask because it's the only way you're going to learn. Um, if you think it, then then ask it. Most people will give you an answer. If they don't want to give you an answer, they'll tell you to do one. Um, but yeah, any any questions about disability or anything, then get in contact, either DM me on Instagram or or track me down, ask questions. It's, it's the only way that people are going to be educated in the field of uh, adaptive CrossFit, uh, disabilities, and just, just in general, just educating people. I, I've got no problems answering any questions. Nothing's out of bounds. So ask away. And and from my experience, most disabled people are the same. They would much rather people ask questions than think the wrong thing, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So um, that's good to know. So I'll, I'll start writing a list of, yeah, write a of list. questions. <laughs> write a list. We'll, we'll do another podcast of, uh, of questions, question and answers. Question. Oh, that, actually, that would be good just to get a a Q&A episode in. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ollie. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, as much as I have and uh, look forward to seeing you. Well, seeing you, not seeing any of you. <laughs> hopefully you enjoy listening to another episode next week.